Side. Rothfire leads at the 175. Here they come. Ole Kirk and North Pacific the outside. Ole Kirk, North Pacific, stride for stride. Ole Kirk, North Pacific, bob of the heads. Ole Kirk. Ole Kirk just won the... Wins the Golden Rose. Boy, oh boy, that is a massive win by Ole Kirk. Anyways, g'day guys, Fergo here. Welcome back to the Fergo Tips and Slips podcast. It is, of course, me, Fergo, covering the... Saturday, the 3rd of October's races, and man, such a big day that today. We'll have to put up with Jess May. No interview this week as I'm covering quite a few features, so I thought, you know what? Interview next week, I've got plans big enough to cover two weeks. So this week, I'll quickly, not quickly, I'll cover um, seven features from Flemington and five from Randwick on a massive day. I believe there's four group ones, but without further ado, before I go into those races, I'll obviously recap last week. <clears throat> We had racing at Caulfield where race one, how romantic, came second, beaten by oh, a long neck, fought back really well off the canvas, just couldn't get her nose in front at the end. Race three, Skyman, that was plain effort, very good by the window though, that's an import, keep an eye out for, might get a lightweight in the cups, not that we're sure what it's order of entry is and also how much weight it'll be carrying, but geez, it looks good in winning. Race four, order of command, ran third. Race five, my next best in Buffalo River came second. Windstorm, was it so Windstorm or Superstorm? One of those two. The match fitness had it on its side and Pike rode it pretty well to just beat it. I'll be definitely following Buffalo River wherever it goes. Flying Warden Race 6 unfortunately finished last but pulled up with a very, very odd uh, respiratory noise, which is what I saw Damien Oliver describe it as. Very, very odd. So hopefully that's all well. Still goes to the Guineas or the Cox Plate. Not sure what happens to Flying Ward. I'm not sure how it's pulled up since then. Race 7, Let's Be Glam, was scratched. Race 8, I went Arcadia Queen and each way in Humidor and Galo Shop. Arcadia Queen ran third. Humidor second, $2.80 places, and Galo Shop four for 101. Does he have one more race to win, Galo Shop? But if you took those three and boxed the exotics with um, Russian Camelot, you're laughing. There's the exact the first four and trifecta. I really regret not tipping that on the podcast, as I tipped it to a few of my mates who uh, obviously got up and were quite happy with it. Ugh. Missed opportunity. Race 9, best bet, Juniper, was 380 out to $5 and won by three lengths. I quoted at his best, yes, lengths in his field, and that was at his best. Great ride and great win, and it was a great way to get my best over the line in the last. And I went to the one race at Rose Hill, race 7, the Golden Rose, as we just heard. Ole Kirk won at $7, $2.50. Unfortunate to hear that Rothfire, who was odds on favourite, pulled up with a bad fracture in his foot and could be out for after a year. Um, I think Eduardo's taken his Everest slot, so that could be interesting if there's some rain around on the day. Eduardo's a tough mudlark. But that's all races I recapped from last week. Some decent results. Hopefully they're improving in this week, which I will now start this week's tips. I can't really give you a reason how that I did that form first, but I'm going to head to Randwick first, even though it may be the superior races for the weekend. It doesn't really affect my order of tipping. Looking at a good tracker at Randwick, which is lovely to say, considering how it can be just a bog there during the winter months, but finally, we come out of that patch, springtime, good tracks. Um, the first race, I'll skip the first three races as firstly, the benchmark 88, I believe race one doesn't entice me. I'm not going to apply the two-year-old races because that's asking for trouble. Race four is the hill stakes over 2,000 metres, group two, three-year-old and up, weight for age, and it was really hard for me to split fierce impact and colding, but I've decided I'm going to lean the way of colding. Scratch from the group one... Epsom, which is the mile, instead they've gone to the 2,000 metres, which is interesting, but 
He won over the mile well uh, second up at the George Main Stakes. So he drops back in class from Group 1 to Group 2, and he won that Group 1, so a significant class drop. But what I really like about Colding is he's a versatile horse, and from Barrier 2, I'm hoping J-Mac pushes him forward to hold the back of... It's hard to tell you the leader will be. I'm probably just thinking, but Days Adored and also Think It Over could lead. But hopefully he finds... To back the rail is an ideal spot for Colding. Yeah, I reckon he has a short, sharp turn in his foot. So hopefully J-Mac can keep him together for quite a while on a leader's back. Hopefully the leader's travelling and they can pull him out and beat, get, get him beat late. Um, carrying 59 kilos isn't a warrior considering the bottom weight's carrying 58. So there's only one kilo difference. I reckon Colding's come back better this preparation. Its first up run was... It was decent, four wide, no cover, only beaten six lengths in a group one, then went to a group two, came second, and went to the George Main and won double-figure odds. Not getting double-figure odds, $4.40 to win, Colding. So that's race four, number two at Randwick for me, Colding to win. Race five is a flight stakes, the uh, finale of the three-year-old Phillies race in Sydney, and ever since the first race of these matches, I guess, James Jacell stood out as the one. As I go over to more distance, more about Hungry Heart versus Dame Dressel. Dame Dressel won up to the 1,400 metres, but I think today, well, Saturday, not today, Hungry Heart wins and finally beats Dame Dressel, who is the main rival. $2.50 we gave Hungry Heart, $2.80 for Dame Dressel. It was interesting considering Dame Dressel's won every time they've met, but uh, Hungry Heart's now an outmiler. You can see it when she races. She looks it in the yard. Dame Dressel, 200 metre, the 400 metre horse. And it will have an advantage, a tactical advantage by leading Danger Cell. But I think Hungry Heart, it's a small field of only, what, seven. She won't be sitting far off her. Hungry Heart's turn of foot. It's a long grinding type of one, unlike, as I just mentioned, Colding. J-Mac also rides Hungry Heart, so hopefully he doesn't get used to the short, sharp one uh, Colding has the race before. But if any sort of ride from Barrier 4, I believe Hungry Heart's finally her time. This is going to be my best bet around Rick for the weekend. Race 5. Is it Race 5? Yep, race five, number two, and the flight stakes, a great one for three-year-old fillies over the mile at Randwick. Hungry heart for me. Race seven is the premier stakes, and, oh, it's our old friend Nature Strip. $1.80? But not what happened last time is at odds. I was on Gay Trial like no tomorrow, and Gay Trial got it done. And I'm taking on the strip again. Classic legend, $3.30. Can knock the strip off, I reckon. Nature Strip, I don't know how they're going to still give us a $1.70 for him. Like, he got beat first up, I just mentioned. Trialed twice since. The first time he's dumped J-Mac and just run like no tomorrow, because I don't know why. And then, I don't think, no, the trial, the second trial was just for no, he had to trial so he could race. It's asked for no effort, held together, but... The reason he was so short on first up was because of the trials he'd won by three lengths and 5.5 lengths, respectively. These time, he's lost the rider and came sixth in the trial, so... I don't know how well he's trained on, but at $1.70, I'm well and surely going to be in the corner of Cassette Legend and set at $3.40. First up was absolutely massive. Karen McAvoy had no luck, was crossing off heels like no tomorrow, and pressed the button about 200 metres out and rose over Eduardo and Bivouac to win, which was a mammoth win. Best race sectionals by far. And I believe he has a tactical advantage on Nature Strip, because Nature Strip... Got to put up with Faseca and maybe Libertani wants to lead. And Nature Strip can go a bit crazy if he's not leading. But I think Cassette Legend can sit off the pace or even on the pace. So McAvoy is a good judge. He can take it from Barrier 7 even take it back if the pace or send it forward if the pace isn't as quickly on. Cassette Legend, the turn of foot I saw first up says to me that he can strike Nature Strip when he's vulnerable late, like Gay Tri did. 
So I'm expecting a similar race to what Gage tried to debate Nature Strip. So that will be race number six, number two, in the premier stakes of the 200 metres, Classic Legend to beat Nature Strip for me. Race seven is the Epson Handicap, the famous race, and it's always an open market when Winx isn't racing in it, and this is no exception. But I'm going to stick in the corner of an old friend of mine, Mr. Seawolf. Last start he got it done for us at $6. We're getting $19. He stays at the exact same track and distance, which is no knock, so he's a miler. The distance is 18 starts for five wins and three placings. So, and all those races have been in high quality uh, fields. Like, for example, his last five mile races have been in the Chelmsford Stakes Group 2, which he won, the Doncaster Mile, the Gong, which he won, the Wayne Wilson Plate, which is only beaten two lengths, but it's only listed, um, and then the Group 1 Railway Stakes at Ascot, where he came third. So, no knocks on him over the mile recently. He's drawn very well, unlike a lot of horses. Like, Colding got scratched from his race, I think, basically because of the barrier. If you have a uh, fun stars drawn awkwardly in 19, Papa Bill in 18, you know, Imogen in 21. Mr. Seawolf from Barrier 4. Abdullah can slow pace, so I hope Abdullah doesn't sit too far back on him. But he can sit three to four pegs back on the rails, pairs back on the rails. Um, it's a bit of a throw and a stab in the dark, honestly, this race. But at 20 and what, $6.50, I'm happy to stay with Mr. Seawolf. Because there's no reason to back off him. He's a quality animal. I believe he can notch up a... Well, it's a pretty big group one, honestly. What do you get for winning is $600,000. So the Wallet Abdullah combination of Mr. Seawolf, nine-year-old gelding in race seven, Renwick number two for me each way all day. The final race I'll be covering at Renwick for the weekend is the race eight, the Metropolitan Group one and three-year-old up handicap, and it's not an easy race once again. Um, There's a lot of horses I could have backed here. I was looking at the likes of oh, Mirage Dancer, a path to glory. <clears throat> I, I'm looking at the field now, just going, Jesus. Zabrowski, my good mate Scott, edit, just mentioned Edit James in the group chat I'm in, and he's right. Jesus, save on Edit James, actually. $71, Scott. You've caught my attention as I speak. Mike Gatou, the favourite you can't knock, but I've settled number eight here, Brimman Rocks. Now, Walla Abdullah, again, still in the Mr. Seawolf, but oh, it's drawn a bit awkward in Barrier 16, but... A long race, and hopefully he can get some cover back in the field, Abdullah. There's a pace to be on here. Hush Riders, Zabrowski, Wugok, Norway, Attention Run, Angel of Truth, all set the pace. I've got no worries. He'll be able to have every chance to get from, from the back and swoop them. Last started in the group three, Kingston Town Stakes over the 2,000 metres at the track. He absolutely savaged a line behind Tai Kamichi, beating a 1.2 lengths. And that's what you want to see when you're stepping up from 2,000 to 2,400 third up. Third up record, it's um, it's respectable. Um, third up, he's six starts for two wins, two placings. But I've just gone on the fact that watch these horses. Like, Makatu is a classy animal, but I don't two dollars seventy. I can't take it. But a lot of these horses are actually got quite a few of them like, early in their preparations, as I mentioned. Brimman Rocks is, but it's showing me that it's ready for this trip. And if a lot relies on the gate, and there's a lot of luck involved, which most of these big field races do encounter. But Abdullah gets it, carrying only 53 and a half. I'm confident he runs a race for us at $8.50 and $2.80. So that's the final race I'll cover from Randwick. Race 8, number 8, Brimham Rocks for Fergo. I now flip to Flemington where we have nine races I'll be covering. Oh, I think seven of them, do I say? Good four to maybe soft track expected. And I'm skipping the first two races as they're both two-year-old races. Actually, no, one of them is. One of them, nothing interests me. So we go straight to race three, where I'm going to go and put me 
chops on the line in the Paris Lane Stakes over the 400 meter group listed and back a Godolphin horse who's first up no trial from America. Trained by James Cummings, ridden by Damien Oil. It's been 60 weeks since he ran the last in. I don't even know where that is. Maine. Somewhere in Europe, I think. I couldn't tell you. Maybe France? My mate Sam James is listening. I hope you are. <laughs> um, I'm sure you could tell us. But jumped out well, this horse. And it's drawn barrier four. Bit of market support already, eight into seven dollars. And obviously, it's unknown how it races. Because I can't really go off how it raced 60 weeks ago as Cummings might have changed the um, pattern. But I'm happy to go for a bit of an X Factor. And I've got question marks about a few horses. Like, big to your mother, $5.50. Hasn't won in over a year. And I'm not willing to take it. It's... I think as it's gone up in the weights, as it's progressed under the handicap conditions, it's not been a good horse, unfortunately. Like, it's got a great story behind it, but I couldn't back it at favourite. Casino's tempting, but yeah, I'm going to go the Godolphin import. First up in Australia, number eight, Munitons at $7.50 and $2.80, race three, Flemington. Race four is the Gilgai Stakes down the famous Flemington Strait, which is the group two, three-year-old and up over 12,000. I'm going to stay in the corner of Zootoy, who I was on first up down the straight up formation, where he came from nowhere and won the same track and distance in the group too. Same class, same track and distance. <laughs> the favourite Tofane ran third behind um, Zootoy. Now, there's no excuse on the fitness point of view as they will both first up. Maybe Zootoy is more proven first up compared to Tofane. I don't know. Second up, Zootoy's five starts for a win in three placings. Tofane, what second up's? Three starts for two wins, so you can't knock every one of them there. But Jamie Carr knows his horse, and I'm happy to stay with him at six dollars and two dollars fifty. Like, there's no reason to get off him. I'm not gonna go and take a three dollar price differential from Tofane for no reason. Like, yes, it's got an Everest slot. Same with Santa Alone. I'm not gonna back a horse just because it's got an Everest slot. Like, I need to see it perform before I can back it. And Zootory performed first up, so no reason to get off him. Race four, number two, Zootory for me at Flemington. Race five is the Edward Manifold Stakes Group 2 3 on Phillies, and it was, it was a hard race to assess, but the form lines of number one Fairmost Sphere stand up to me. Now, I was talking before about the Dame Giselle 3 on Phillies um, series in, whatchamacallit, Sydney, and obviously the finale of that is this week. But Fairmost Sphere is racing all three of those races, but say you're in the mile race in Sydney, the Group 1, it goes to the Group 2 at Flemington, which is a much easier race. Like, the favourite succeed indeed. I don't. See how it's got better form than Firmosphere. Firmosphere five dollars and two dollars twenty currently, so we're getting a price. Legit. Last stop, succeed on succeed indeed. Won by one point five lengths at Sandown on the weekend, where Firmosphere first up was beaten uh point two length by Dangerous Cell, then three lengths by Dangerous Cell, then three lengths by Dangerous Cell. Not winning, but Dangerous Cell's a quality, much more quality than a Sandown win, maiden win, and you know. I think the map's interesting for Damien Lane to Barrier 11, but it's a get-back horse, and the pace hopefully is on. Blazing Lace, Montia, Selfless, Odafilene, hopefully set a pace. It won't get too far back, like maybe four back, four back, maybe three wide, but it should have cover. So the form's on the board. It's run good races in Sydney, harder fields than this. But the most prize money, it's got the highest handicap running for a reason. Doesn't get penalised for that handicap rating in the situation of this being a uh, set weights. So, race five, number one at Flemington Firmosphere, $5 to win currently. Race six is the golden ticket to the Melbourne Cup, the Bart Cummings Group 3 handicap, 2,510 metres. And I'm going to stick 
in the corner of the first up winner, Lord Belvedere. Trained by Ma Eustace, ridden by Benny Mellon, carrying 57.5. And first up win took me. Well, drifted in the market nine out to thirteen dollars, but absolutely flew home to beat Persan and Chappelle, who are both shorter in the market than him right now. Actually, no one I'm talking about only Chappelle is Persan isn't. But um, I don't know how I could. Things in the market shed ambition to big danger. I'll admit that. Uh, beat home brew and rocks so I tipped in the group one, so obviously got to give shed ambition a uh, a tick. Steel Prince drawn wide be hard for Michael's eye to work wonders from there. Chappelle, I can't take it $5.50, but Lord Belvedere at $7 and $2.80. You bet I can take it. Um, drawn Barrier 2, so we'll spend no tickets getting to his spot. You know, he probably, get, probably wants to settle to the end, but Roland Garris, De Beer, in good health. Good idea. Hacky, young rascal. Chappelle, speeds on, no problem. Came from the back, grinding home down the long straight of Flemington, which he did last start. Might need some luck from Barrier 2, but he gets the luck. He spent no tickets getting the luck, obviously, so we have plenty in the tank. Distance doesn't worry me. Could run a cheeky race in the Melbourne Cup if he gets it to be gets a ticket, to be honest. And I think I've made my case. I'm happy with the form on the board. I'm happy with the draw. Other things, other dangers I could knock. I'm not going to go through and knock other horses, but, yeah, I, I can easily make cases against things as well as for Lord Belvedere. So race six for Lynch in the Golden Ticket of the Melbourne Cup, number five for me, Lord Belvedere. Race seven is the Group 1 Turnbull Stakes. There are 2,000 metres, set weights and penalties. And another very hard Group 1 for us to test, but I'm going to double tip the Group 1 in Melbourne again. I know, double tipping. Who do you back more? da da I'm going to go number 11, Harlem, and number 13, Django Freeman. Now, Harlem... He loves this track and distance. Five starts. Now, the last two times in the Australian Cup, he ran four three lengths beaten in Group 1. Before that, he was beaten seven lengths in the McKinnon, but he didn't look like it. He, he was spelled after the run. I think he had, had bit too much. Um, obviously, McKinnon's about two months, I'm going to say a month and a half after this race. I think he started his preparation earlier last time in. So this is him. He's third up. He usually does produce something third up. Uh, nine starts, third up for three wins in two places. But tracking distance, he's won twice, uh, two group ones at it. And I don't know why it can't be three, honestly. Open race, Barrier 11, Harlem probably, probably presses forward. But that's not a knock for me because there's not a natural leader in the lakes. Now, I think Django Freeman goes forward, who I'll talk about in just a second, and Finch goes forward. Now, Harlem usually settles off the pace, but I think goes forward from the wide gate due to the fact there's no pace on. So with, a, with no pace on... Hopefully Harlem, you know, he doesn't spend too much um, energy getting there. He boxes on. He's a, he's a, he's a true he's a true horse. You get what you, you get what you bet on. He never gives up. $34 and $8. I'm happy to take a bit of a rough ticket on him. The same about Django Freeman. Now, first up, arguably should have beaten the chosen one over the 1,800 metres, 700 metres at Flemington. Second up, second up sets up in the trip. Second up, never missed the uh, first race. Never missed the first race career, actually. So that's not really much of a valid point by me. But anyway, second up last time in, he was at Flemington over the mile. No, sorry, he wasn't even second up. No, so he went to Mooney Valley over the Cox Plate distance and was beaten by Harbour Views, had a superior superior run. But that was quite, quite a long time ago. That was in uh, winter, so good about that. Um, as I said, John Barry is sick. Django Freeman has a chance to lead this. And the slow tempo, it's hard to back. Back a back marker, and there's lots of back markers in the market, like Surprise Baby's a back marker, Very Elegant's a back marker. Um, who else have we got in the market? 
Superstorm back marker. So I'm going to take two ones at a price, which will be on the pace, which I don't think will be worrying the world for me. So number 13 and number 11 in race seven. I'm backing them because I didn't like anything in the market. But I think they can win, obviously. But just the fact they're going to be sitting on the pace and unexpected, they, they're both got class. They both can win this. And I think Django Freeman's on track for a call for the Melbourne Cup if he wins this. So I really hope he does win it. I rate the horse. It's three Australian starts I've liked. And I think he breaks his Australian maiden here. And so that will do me for the Group 1 Turnbull Stakes at Stainton. Race 8. I didn't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm sticking with number 2, Rubisaki. First up, I made it my best bet, and she was terrible. But pulled up poorly. It's been freshened up from Paddy Payne. How long between runs? Five weeks between runs. Love's never lost a distance. Track, she's four starts with three wins in a second. That track and distance, she's three starts with three wins. Absolutely flying last prep. But I'm hoping she recaptures that form here. Now, the gate's interesting, but I think it goes back. And the likes of Lady Loft, Sierra Sue, Spanish Whisper, I'm Eloquent, Sabatiano, all make a pace for Rubisaki to get back off. Same as Perfect Jewel. So two things in the market. We need the pace. But I think Rubisaki's a better horse than Perfect Jewel when she's right. Now, I'm punting on her being right, but $6,000 and $2.50. I don't think Patty Payne's dumb enough to send her to the races and she's not 100%. So I think she's recovered well from that tough first up run. And show some of that form from last prep where I fell in love with her. So that's race eight, Flemington, number two, Rubisaki to capture some form again and get the win. Race nine, it's not really a tip. I'm not going to tip into it, but I will talk about it. It's a ridiculously hard race. I'm not even going to talk about it. It's very long. I don't mind Alcione and Celestial Soul. Uh, number three, number five. I wouldn't be backing with confidence. If you're looking to get out in the last, it's not the place to do it. Um, yeah, it's only one thing in double figures, in single figures at $5, young, whatever. The rest of the things, most of them are in the, in the 10s. Ridiculously open race, ridiculously hard to tip. If you had to go something, Alcione and Celestial Soul for me. Anyways, that is the whole tip for this week. I've talked about 20 minutes worth of tips, so I'm sorry if that's a little bit long, but too many races to miss out on, so... As I mentioned, no interview this week due to the length of the tips. Next week, there will be one. I've already organised it, so don't even worry. I hope you can tune in next week. I hope we can bag some winners then, before then. But until then, Virgo out. Happy punting.